Hi, welcome to 15 Minutes with Alex. This is Alex, and you've tuned into episode seven. In this episode, Nick and I talk about how Viva was pretty upset about last episode where we spoke to my dad, and we tell a harrowing story from our time living in the West Village. Hope you enjoy it. He's the sound man. I'm the sound man. Making it all go down. Okay. <laughs> all right, the sound sounds okay. good. That's good for sound. Great. Delicious coffee. Uh, shoot the rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> we better move that bowl. Uh, yeah. Let's shoot the rehearsal. Okay. Just, isn't that what we always do? Yep. Although we're not, I don't think this is in the audio. No, but the language works for me because I, you know, have been a professional actress. Right, actress. but it's, it's <laughs> incorrect though. In this shoot it. <laughs> Rolling. That, yeah. Uh, now that's a lot. Louder. And cut. <laughs> now I got to bring it all okay. down. Okay. All right, there's a lot of variation in audio yes, sound. Yes, okay. there is. Okay, yeah. so it turns out that Viva was really mad about the last episode where we talked to my dad, Michelle. Viva, my mother, that is. Yeah. And um, brought up a lot of stuff. When she's angry, it's a real trigger, as the youth say, for me. Mm -hmm. I get very scared. I want to hide in a closet, quivering, and go into polyvagal mode. Right. Um, and I guess I had suspected she might be angry, but then I kind of convinced myself that was crazy of me. And I, when she did call angry, well, she said, you know, she was trying to, she was frantically trying to, um, end her subscription to Patreon. Right. And said that many people had called her. And if those of you who are listening right now are one of those people who called her, um, I'll find you one day and I'll said, hunt you down. yeah, I'm going to hunt you down and, and, and what, torture you. And what did they say? They, they supposedly many people, that's a quote, called my mother and said that the last episode with Michelle, they couldn't even finish listening to because it was so disgusting. And Viva, I couldn't tell whether Viva had actually listened to it or not. And, um, she said she wasn't going to listen to it, but she wanted to, and she's never talking to us again. And I said, I'm going to hang up while she's so angry and maybe talk later. Never doing a podcast episode again. Not, not mm -hmm. that she didn't want to talk to us. Yeah, well, it was but hard to tell. She also feels, understandably, that she will be recorded if, if she calls us on yes. the phone and talks to us, which I, which I understand that fear. When it, yeah. it, funny enough, the, she and Michelle used to do that to many people. Oh. In, like including Warhol, and in fact, I mean, I feel yeah. like that we are just following in her footsteps. Like totally, they did it for hours. They they talked on the phone all day. It was part of their art practice. Michelle videotaping my mom talking on the phone and recording the conversations. And my dad has a whole video of her in bed with me um, after I was born, talking to Andy Warhol for hours and hours. I mean, all kind of Bridget Berlin, right. yeah. And so, in fact, even her novel, her first novel, it, she yeah. was she recorded a lot of conversations and then transcribed them. So that was, and I know she's told me like that Simone de Beauvoir like complimented her for that technique. And oh was wow, like, this I is didn't really, even know that. Yeah, she told me that once that oh. that, she, that she felt that Viva was very much 
in the avant-garde with this practice, you know, of like recording and then transcribing conversations. And yeah, and I, I agree with, yeah, I, I didn't know that about Simone de Beauvoir, that's cool. But um, yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, the whole practice of basically uh, recording the, the, craziness of life both in its both in its raw you know fury at times because Michelle has lots of videos of fights and like the kitchen in the Chelsea Hotel trashed after they have a fight and just the funny mundane moments is very you know they were very ahead of their time that's what Michelle and Vita yeah. did together um and you know I think my mother is very sensitive which I am too about being called crazy because mm -hmm. that I would say that's one of the most common terms people call right. her I think or, it's as, started... or as people say, like, a woman is hysterical, right? Which yes, is like yes. like a Freudian thing. And... Mm -hmm. and she often has been accused of being, you know, everybody thinks she was a drug addict because of the Warhol times. But mm -hmm. in fact, she's really not a drug at all, as you know, and mm -hmm. nor an alcoholic. And so many people think her behavior was because of drugs, and that really makes her mad. It also right. sort of annoys me because I'm like, no, no, my, it's not about, that we're, I wasn't growing up in a druggy household. You know? Yeah. Um, no, but and, and I, I use the word crazy a lot as well towards yeah, her. Right. And it's partly we're all crazy. And it's really hard with Viva because, like, she's definitely an eccentric, wonderful character. And I, none, neither of us think that she is actually crazy. She's right. not. I mean, I, I sometimes do think that. <laughs> right. But I, I don't. I mean, no, I think that... I don't think she's crazy. I think she's... Yeah, I think she's really intensely smart yeah. and really funny but i do think that she has you know emotional uh, shortcomings how we want to call that right and there's right. all kinds of diagnoses people can get yeah but i think that when she gets angry it blinds her as it does to all of us but that fury does incite a kind of behavior that the outer world sees as crazy and that was yeah. sometimes traumatic for me as a child. But I also really do have sympathy. I mean, I think the story that we're talking about with her started, you know, with her family. Yeah. And that she was probably really much smarter than everyone else. Yeah, she was family. the eldest of nine kids, yeah. a crazy and, Catholic family. And her I think she had a very close relationship with her father, but then it became troubled as she mm -hmm. became more of an individual, you know, and and I think that these accusations of crazy started then. You know, and then the whole thing of just being an eccentric woman in the world, yeah. especially at that time, but even, of course, today, yeah. is is really hard. Like, people want to... Yes, know. and being so smart, but her, you know, the cool thing about her persona in the Warhol movies, which was very similar to who she was, is that she was nude a lot of the time, but then she was talking about, like, in Blue Movie, yeah. these very, you know, she was very savvy politically and very well-read you right. know, highly educated. So pe <clears throat> so it's a weird dichotomy. And I, and I feel like growing up in, on 23rd Street with her in the, in the small apartment in the Chelsea Hotel, she was often fighting what she felt was an injustice, you know, right. like people treating her badly. So right. that, and even starting with, with Andy, like, I mean, I think she still talks about like, she never felt like she got her due. Yeah. Like she's told me stories about how they would go on like lecture tours and, she would speak for Andy because he was too shy yeah. and say things that would later be attributed to him. And of, I don't mean yeah. to say, of course, that's part of his genius that he would have other people speak for him and the whole, the f concept of the factory. And I'm not taking away from that, yeah. but still she felt, um, 
like that she was used in, yes, in yes, some exploited, way. And, exploited word, and yes. never paid. Like never they paid. ended up with, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, the place famously in Montauk. In Montauk, you know. And, yeah, and Paul the, Moore's he got that and Viva got nothing and, right. and had and has had to scrap and, and survive for and herself. To this day it's another example of like women being involved in the arts and the credit always going to the genius male artist you yeah. know and it, it really is an example of that and you to this day you will the warhol you know foundation or whatever mm -hmm. they'll, they'll never like in any way admit uh no. viva or other people's you know what rather complex role in the factory because they'd rather just be the saleable sellable uh male genius artist yeah. you know who is and then everyone yeah exactly and that's crazy making that everyone's like oh yeah v vivo your mother she must have been such a druggie you know rather than mm -hmm. realizing she was partially the mastermind behind the persona yeah yeah <laughs> and um so i get a little bit outraged at that as well and it's a hard position for me because i also then for me the crazy thing i like to talk about which is you know i wrote a whole memoir about it is that living with a, I'm going to call it like a genius personality type is difficult. Who mm -hmm. also, and so she would often start fights and she gets mad when, if I, you say she starts them, because obviously a fight, you know, there's multiple aspects, but right. there's no doubt there was a pattern. And these fights on the street with sometimes strangers are like, she was obsessed with, you know, cars making left turns in Manhattan when we'd be walking across the street with like the stroller or groceries. Right. She would, you know, crouch down in front of a truck and start screaming, you know, that the truck driver was a cocksucker. And then he'd get out of the truck. And I was always nervous there was about to be a bloodbath, which sometimes there was, have been bloodbaths between her and her family. Right. So, to say the least, I was often in a hypervigilant mode, mm -hmm. which I think brings us to, you, you know, the story that I want to tell today mm -hmm. that... Um, I inherited or let's say took on this lineage of maybe playing with the persona of the hysterical woman and I'm not saying that I had control over it or that I was doing it on purpose but that um, I often have had scenes on the street in Manhattan in New York City you know in the subway or fight with some random person on the street. M not often, but yes, I have. And I think you, even Nick, would get nervous sometimes and tell me, don't, you know, don't start a fight on the subway. Because if yes. I felt someone was being irrational, I would confront them and yeah, I could feel I that fury. Yes, yeah, like I my definitely mother. felt that. Like I for some reason, I particularly noticed it when we moved back, to, or when we moved to New York City, really for the first time, and we lived there briefly off and on. Yeah. But, um, and Gabby has that too, you know, that, that sort of trigger thing that we definitely inherited from my mother. And it can be very funny. Like when, I mean, by funny, I just mean that I think there's a sense in both of us. I don't know about Gabby, but at least in me, that I'm really going to like get the person. I have this righteousness and I find, I think I'm being really like witty, but also angry. And that I'm really slicing the person down in that moment, like the man spread right. around the subway who won't move his leg. You know? Right. And I, and I would, and I, I definitely can identify with that. The feeling you were describing as being a child, because it would make me nervous too. I'd be, because I also like, I think. Yeah. Cause it would I, put you I was, I was like six feet tall in like the third grade. And I was always like, whatever, I was kind of a bit <laughs> yeah. of a Ferdinand probably, yeah, but yeah. like, 
you know, kids, <laughs> kids would all, like, I was always in the wrong just because I was physically larger, like, yes. in the teacher's minds and stuff. So if there was any kind of fight, like, I would somehow, and I yes. actually rarely caused, but so in that same way, like. You rarely, yeah, you've never fought physically in your life. Yeah. Well, except, except for that. In this, in this one story, right. <laughs> but so I would be afraid because you would start fights with people and, and I felt like they would look at me yeah. and then there's that whole like man you know like sure you, you know and people say that they'd be like are you gonna you know let your lady talk to me like that or you know like right. weird sexist stuff comes up in those situations or... totally because I'm generally the I mean you know yes I I can be the aggressor in those situations and especially for whatever reason in Manhattan, I think because of my childhood, you know, like it doesn't, ha it weirdly doesn't happen outside of Manhattan. I'm, I think I have some ownership in Manhattan or feeling that I ro own and run the city, you know? Mm. And so if anyone else tries to act, you know, I, I somehow have a sense of entitlement in mm. terms of how one should behave on the streets of Manhattan. Yeah. Um, so I think when we moved into the West Village building, which we had this, you know, really cheap deal because I worked for Annie Leibovitz and she owned the building and right. it was across from the Spotted Pig. I felt like... That's another whole, there's another whole story there that we... Right, another whole suffice story. Suffice it to say, yeah, we were living in this uh, house that we shouldn't have been able to afford. Right, yes. And we were living right across from the Spotted Pig and we were, you know, in the heart of, yes, the West Village at this point still had some of the old school vibe and charm, but it was quickly shifting to, I don't even know what you call it anymore, yuppie-dumb, whatever it yeah. is. I don't know. Well, it would, and like this, we'll get into this later, yes. but the stupid cupcake yes. place the with the like, place. you know, bus loads of tourists coming to buy cupcakes. And the Marc Jacob bookstore, I say quotes around it because it was full of tchotchkes and I was obsessively, right. which would also annoy you, I would go into the bookstore and pretend, when they started you know, realizing it was that I was doing this often after a while, the people who work there, but I would go in randomly like every month and say, huh, I thought this was a bookstore. It's weird. It's only tchotchkes. Right. And well, I would and, say and, it really And loud. also that we witnessed that was the real bookstore, a real yes. small, you know, Great family bookstore. business that then was taken over by, I mean, not taken, you know, yeah. they were by forced the Mark out. Mark Jacobs bookstore, which was basically. Mark Jacobs replaced them. Yes, you know? tchotchkes for the ladies who stand in line at the cupcake place, Magnolia. Right. Um, so I definitely so had. So we just witnessed that whole neighborhood, basically all the small mom and pop businesses, for the most part, going out of business and being replaced by chains yes and, and i feel like i had a chip on my shoulder that you know and eventually we did have to leave because of money i didn't like anyone it frustrated me that i you know that we were still struggling to make a living and you know i guess what what do we say like still trying to kind of do this we weren't like live like yeah, people like yes. we had our we had louie we had our first child yes and, and then we had a second child in the building with the spotted pig that we had all these windows that looked right out on this stupid place the spotted pig which yep. granted it was a yeah we get it like it was a nice place to have yes. a meal yes but they would spill out at four o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the morning and 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 then after that the staff would have like a staff after hours oh party God. after all the drunks had left mostly like soccer hooligans and stuff yelling and screaming and i'm ner you know i'm like at some 
at one point I'm nursing, then I'm pregnant because I was pregnant with our second kid, with Miko. Right. And our, we had a yoga studio in our bedroom on the third right. floor. So basically we just had one mattress in an empty space. I'm only pointing that out because it was so echoey and loud because yeah. there was nothing in it because we had to keep it empty in order to host, yeah. for me to teach the and yoga was, And we were like trying to get Louie to sleep in her own bed. Oh my God, yeah. And it was just noise all <laughs> yeah. night long. Like and, it, was, it was really noisy and it was mostly the spotted pig and there was that asshole oh, guy Ken who's now been me tooed in in a big right. way who, whose phone oh, number I still write on, on every bathroom wall that I go into and me and who I have trolled via text since then right. and um he was such on his high fucking horse at that time yeah and uh now he's down baby down because um, he got he got me tooed or oh yeah he was you know the third the floor that our bedroom basically looked onto was is we found out later is called the rape room and oh, right, we literally right. looked into the rape room. My right. yoga oh, studio, our bedroom, stared into the rape room. Right. Um, and so yeah, he also, was awful. So he he gave us his number. He like tried to be nice. He was like, anything, you know, just call me if there's ever any noise, you know, just. just he gave pick us up the his phone. cell phone number. And then like a week later, there would be we, there was noise. Like a week after he gave us the number, and we didn't even call him. We just sent him a text. So that we wouldn't be waking him up in case his ringer was turned on, but he could read it when yes, he woke up yes. in the morning. And it was pure fury. Like this, they, like he was so angry that we had texted him. Yes. There's a staff party going on at four thirty in the morning. Yes, and he and we were also caught in between, you know, because. And then that's another story, but Annie and Viva often reminded me of each other in subtle ways. So I would say we were sometimes caught with Annie's anger. Um, and she would, at some point, she'd be furious about Ken and the sound, but then she also didn't want to make him mad. So he yeah. must have told Annie that we complained. And so he then, yes, yeah. so then she got mad at us and said, don't ever speak to him again. You know, right. it's between me and him. He did the move of like going right to our landlord essentially yes. and complaining about us when we sent him one text and then he and he tried to claim that we had incited the neighborhood against the spotted pig That's to call right, the spotted pig which was totally that. insane we barely like we knew like the sufi ladies and stuff that, that definitely yeah. did not happen and and then the other aspect that i want to point out before we get into the heart of the story mm -hmm. is that the tone of the drunk guys the bro boys i guess one would call them that would linger sometimes they'd come right on in front of our building under the windows right was in when they were drunk i would say the majority of these guys who would get drunk at the spotted pig and then chat was like just so annoying that like, yeah dude I'm gonna run. and they'd be yeah. and so I would open our bedroom window and stick my head out so just think of like a small townhouse you know that has mm -hmm. three two, two three floors right. so I'm on the third floor not that far from the top of their heads and I would sometimes say like I believe that's called a father son and holy ghost it was three rooms one room on top of it was, it was small, yes, exactly. but nicely spread out. Yes. Uh, vertically spread out. Exactly. Little brick townhouse with ivy. And I would stick my head out. And sometimes I'd just say, guys, can you please move on? You know, we're trying right. to sleep. I would not yell or say anything mean. And they would many times say, shut the fuck up, whore. Yeah. Or yeah. like really insane things. And I was like, that's interesting that when you're drunk, this is the language that comes yeah. out. You and know? I would have those things too. I yeah. would sometimes yell at them as well. Exactly. And, and we'd each say to each other, no, 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 don't yell. Like right. from bed, we'd be like, don't, don't yell at the window because we'd each be nervous the other one was going to get into a fight. Well, but that, and also I think we also realized it just didn't work. Like yeah. that, that you, if you yelled out the window, it would just lead to it, 
a, a longer situation. Yes. That if you stay quiet, they would, for the most part, it was awful and you'd be really furious that you were woken up at whatever time in the, yes. in the night. But that it would actually be faster and you'd get to bed faster if you just stayed in bed. Yes. Didn't yell at the window. They would move on. It, yes. And so when when those one, couple of guys called me a whore, I had always had this in mind that I wanted to go down and get a pot of water and pour it over their heads. So I had been planning this in my head. And, but you said to me, because I was super pregnant with Nico at this point, please don't ever argue with the people. But in my mind, I was like, I'm right. going to pour water on their heads. Right. And you, you were nervous. Of course, I, I was pregnant and people are crazy. Right. So... That brings us to the night that it was, it was really like, I'm going to say 4 a.m. at this point, and the party outside the Spotted Pig. By the way, Pig, if anybody knows someone who used to work at the Spotted Pig, who now has aged into parenthood, yeah. please share this podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because when I think about those young people, oh, you know, who God. were working for Ken and having, you know, football tosses in the middle of the street at four o'clock in the morning, I know. they're probably all now like having kids and stuff. Totally. Please yeah. send them this. <laughs> so true. Anyway, sorry. Um, Sidebar. So I, um, so there, I we wait. I think I waited it out for a long time. You waited it out, and I just couldn't take it anymore. They wouldn't. It was so late. I was so pregnant and tired. And and you said, "Don't you know what are you doing?" I said, "Nothing. I just have to go to the bathroom. The bathroom was downstairs." And I knew what I was going to do, so I... Oh, no, sorry, I know what I did. I opened the window first. That's what made you say don't do anything. And I said, shut the fuck up, you fucking yuppies. Right. And I always think that this group of people who will later find out... And that's interesting. You recognize them visually as yuppies, mm -hmm. not And the sound of their voice. Because sometimes there'd be like the, all the boy groups. Like you saw that it was yes, a mixed yes. sex. I think but... I call that whole vibe yuppie. I'm not even totally yeah. sure what a yuppie is, but... Yeah. Um... Um, and so they got, I think they got really upset that I called them yuppies because it right. turns out they were something else, but I right. still think they're yuppies. Um, and, uh, they were like, oh my God, what the fuck? Oh shit. Go back to sleep, bitch or something. You know, like they might not have called me bitch right away, but they said like, go back to sleep, just put your head down, you know? Right. And that, and it just really threw me over the edge. So I went downstairs to our kitchen and got a big pasta pot of water. And there was this one guy who seemed to be very aggressive. I remember yelling back up at me. Mm -hmm. um, who we're gonna find out who that I was. I said, and I think I said something like, you go back to sleep. I, you know, like in my mind, I was like, how dare you talk to me in my city like that, you know? Right. And, um, and I might have even said, go back to Jersey or something, I don't know. Right. And so I took the pot of water and they were deep in conversation and our front door opened up right onto the street, right? There's like two steps up. It's like a townhouse facing the front door of the spot. So wait, why did you not come back upstairs with the pot of water? Because they were across the street in front of Spotted Pig. The other story, the guys were right under our window. Right. I couldn't have gotten the water on them from up there. Right, but you I had were to get so, closer. And this is the point where I, was now listening and I knew that something was afoot, that you weren't you, just going to the bathroom. Yes, like I yes. heard, I was like very intently listening to what you were doing. Yes. I was like, she's Oh, and I was completely on. naked, super pregnant, like six months pregnant, and put a, had a white fluffy bathrobe on and I was barefoot and naked mm -hmm. with the bathrobe tied around me. Right, and I went to the window at this point to see what the hell was going on. So I walk up and the guy has his back turned to me and just as I approach, there's like a car parked and I come around the hood of the car with the pot and I, and I could see that his friend looked over like, oh shit, and I dumped the water, the entire big pasta pot of water over his shoulders, head right. and back. And I remember seeing it and I was like, oh boy, 
here we go. And that's when I yeah. tur I turned from the window to go head downstairs. I don't know if you had yet, because see, I go back and get the eggs. Mm. There was more time. Uh, yes, you were right. You're right. You know so what I'm I mean? Like, yeah. You didn't know about the water yet, I don't think. Right. Maybe that's what well, that's what brought me to the yes. window, because yes. I heard some commotion. Okay. He, yeah. So he cocked his fist back, uh -huh. and, I, and I went stop right there motherfucker and I opened up my robe and said I'm I'm pregnant and I was naked and I just showed my belly and I right. said stand back you know and and did you recognize who he was at that point? no mm -hmm. okay and I and he goes ew oh my god what a fucking cow ew that's disgusting and then some other guy was like oh man i feel sorry for that kid huh. so that you know now i was beyond right. so i go i seem calm but i walked right back into the house got a dozen eggs i don't know what what made me think of this walk back out didn't you used to throw eggs out the window I of did. the chelsea yeah i did i would throw i would put eggs in the key chute at the chelsea no. <laughs> and um, and it would land by the operator station in the lobby, a little craft egg. There was like a little, an old-fashioned right. tube that went down. So you had a history of eggs in yeah. Manhattan. Would they know it was you when they would find the eggs in the mail? Sometimes. Was it a mail slot? Or it was like a little key shoot so that it could, I guess you could drop your key, people in the would do. Like mm -hmm. it was a little hollow tube and each floor on the stair landing had a little latch door and you would drop something down that tube and it would land in this glass box next to the operator station. <laughs> you would drop throw eggs. Yeah, raw eggs. <laughs> what would they say to you when you Sometimes nothing or Denise would be like, Alex, did you do something with the thing? She loved me, but she would be like, come on now, girl, you know? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were the only kid on that side of yeah. the wing. They probably knew it was you. Yeah. So, um, okay, so I come out with the eggs, but I didn't know if you throw an egg at a close distance to someone with clothes on, it actually doesn't break. It kind of like bounces off them. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I like threw a couple, they were like, oh man, oh man. They sort of like disperse. And then I, so I decided, I looked down and I see these kind of really cute fae shoes, like little um, kitten heelish sandals with sparkles on them and like a thick sock in the right. shoe. And this was before it was trendy to wear socks and high heels mm -hmm. and little sparkly socks. And I noticed they were kind of pretty, like that just came, right. like, suddenly got into my psyche. I was like, oh, pretty little sparkly pastel sock and a cute shoe. But you didn't recognize who that was. Either. No. Right. Yeah. And so I take the egg and I decide I'm going to throw the egg really close to the pretty shoe foot on the cement so it'll splatter on the shoes. Nice. So I throw a few eggs and it works. And she goes, why are you doing Doing this, the girl. Right, and at this point now, I know I was definitely had yes. looked out the window. I had come down, yeah. and I was at our front door, yes. which you had left open so you'd be able to get back in. And yes. I was like intentionally, like wa nervously watching the situation, yes. but also not wanting to escalate it. So I was just standing at the door watching. Yeah, yeah. And then, exactly, and I was slowly backing up while throwing the eggs. And they Mad were at you, by the way. Like, at yeah. that point, I was just like, why on earth yeah. is she putting herself in danger? Like, yeah, yeah, you were furious, which you rightly should have been. And they were coming, and we didn't know who they were, and so they could have been ready to beat us, which they... So anyways, they started following us, following me towards the door, and I was threw a couple more eggs, and she was like, why are you doing this to us? And the other guy kept saying, you you cow, oh my God, she's crazy, get them. Right. And so then you, then this is well, how then I remember. I saw, I, so yes, yeah. so then I saw you turn and come yeah. back. And then I saw him very aggressively walk 
toward you. Yeah. Like he was gonna, and I like it looked like he was gonna try to kick you or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yes. And that's when I started to come out. Yeah. And he, I think he even swung his leg at you, but kind of missed. Yes. Because he was drunk. Yeah. And then you like got to me and and passed yes, me or something. Yeah. I was trying something. to get in the house. And I just remember his face. He looked up because he thought he was gonna like kick this lady, this, yeah. dr- this pregnant lady in the butt or something. Yeah. And he suddenly saw me, and I'm I'm a big guy, yeah. you know. And and I saw this look of pure dread. It was actually a really funny moment where he was like, oh shit. Like what have I gotten myself into? Because instead of kicking this pregnant lady in the butt, like this big guy is standing face to face with me. And I'm like, and I have my hands out like You were like, step back, step back. And he kept coming towards you. And I almost remember you just almost like sweeping him to the ground. Well, yeah. So his face turned from like fear to then like anger because yeah. I think he real and I didn't say anything but I just think he realized like he was now on this stage and that he wasn't yeah in his drunken state gonna do anything so he like just immediately came at me like I was just sta- yeah. I don't want to say the term standing my ground but yeah. I was just standing yeah. my ground yeah and trying to stop him from I remember following that just like you. that yeah and so he then just continued on came right into me and I just I didn't like hit him or anything I just like took his body and just tossed it aside and I remember thinking like oh my god like I was really surprised like how far he flew (laughs) like and I realized like it was he was one he was drunk two he was a relatively small guy yes and I had no idea who he was but he just like flew across like to the ground yes and 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 immediately like just crumpled and let me just just describe this one moment. And yeah. your back was to the rest of the group at that point. Well, then were... I turned to follow you back into the house because oh, I was okay. just like, I want to get, let's get Alex in yes, the house. Yes, and let's close, close the, the door. door. And before, and then, yeah, go ahead. Well, all I see is that that the lady with the pretty shoes starts running. She almost seemed like a crazy wild banshee, like wood nymph, across yes. the street screaming. That's my brother! And it seemed like she leaped into the air like a little, like, a sort of gnome or night succubus and almost onto your shoulders. She like, did. crouched up on yes. your shoulders and grabbed your head. She did. I didn't even see her coming. I just turned and was, like, going to get back to you. But I, <laughs> she jumped on my back and... Punched you in the head? Was she, I don't know if it was her, because then I think the rest of the group caught up. And I just felt this weird feeling on the back of my head and yeah. my body. And I realized I was sort of being pummeled by one or more people. Yeah. And I remember thinking in my mind, like, oh, this is what it is to get punched in a way. But like, yeah. but it didn't hurt. It was just like this weird pummeling that I didn't even know yeah. what was going on. So somehow... I got like I I guess she fell off my I back. I think he, or it something. almost seemed like you. I want to imagine that you were almost like twirling to get her off. Yeah, maybe yeah. I spun and she flew yeah. off. But then there was the all they were all sort of on top. And of I me, was I completely like. freaked out at this point because I truly don't like yeah, physical and violence. You and, were screaming at the, I yeah, and I was screaming. like, oh my god, this is insane. And I they seemed like they were going to get into the house. They yes. So I got her off my back. They were all pummeling me, and we like literally got in the house. Force the door closed. Like they were pushing the door closed, trying yeah. to push the door open, and we were trying to push yes. it closed. I was really yes. scared for my life because we didn't totally. Again, don't and they were saying, blood. "We're gonna fucking get you," and we slammed yeah. her, and they were kicking the door. And then we have those little like glass. We have windows on yeah. either side of the door, and I remember getting the door closed, and then there was this guy, and he was like, 
I don't know, it was obscenities, like angry. fucking get you. We're coming yeah. back. We know where you live. We know exactly. where you live. And I was like all mad myself. And I looked and then I realized I was like, I, I know who this guy is. I was like, he's that, he's that fucking. We don't say it. Cupcake asshole. From oh. the, who made the who actually I realized like they're the fucking like major <laughs> downfall for the West Village is this fucking asshole guy. I was like, it's the jerk, the the dude from Saturday Night Live, and I'm like, and I said at that point, I know who you are, and then he, and this was the different different guy who had who had at first attacked me. Yeah, and I, I saw his you. look, his face went from complete anger and screaming at me to like also then a look of fear because then he realized I knew who he was. Like yes, and it was yes. gonna be bad for him. And I was standing next to you, looking at you and seeing you go from anger to almost incredulity. Is that how you say the word? Incredulity. Sure. And you and I saw you going, I know who you are. I know who you are and pointing and staring. Right. And I was like, what's Nick talking about? Does he just mean I know who you are, a fucking dick from hell, you know? Or what? So then we will continue the story next episode. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll leave we're gonna leave the rest for next episode because <laughs> we are we are we are way past our fifteen minutes. All right. Next okay. time folks. All right, Don't see forget, you next time. Head over to Patreon. Become our Become our patron. patron. It's pay anything you want. So some people I noticed pay one one dollar, which is That's a pretty the good suggested deal, the subscription is five dollars. Um, but so you could, pay a you could also pay more and I've noticed some very, you know, wealthy people pay just five dollars. Well, no, teach their own, teach their own. Mm -hmm. Next time. <laughs> Next time. <laughs>